Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerd Alert. Girls. <laughs> Thank you. We always have to get the girls in there. Um, just before we get started, real quick, uh, I want to say this is Caroline, and I would like to acknowledge that I am speaking to you as a resident of the unceded territories of the Ramaytush Ilone, the original peoples of the San Francisco Peninsula. Cool. And hey, everybody, I'm Jen with a G, and I want to take a moment to say that as a resident of L.A. County, that I acknowledge my presence, including virtual, on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of indigenous people who are variously referred to as the Gabrielino slash Tungva people and Quiche Nation. And wow, like, oh my gosh, I just, Caroline, I think I'm still in shock from this episode of Loki. Like, I just did not see so many things coming and i am just wow oh my gosh where do we begin yeah a lot of stuff happened in this last episode i guess before before we get going um first of all uh let's let's do some random notes and then we can dig into it kind of play by play so first of all i guess i wanted to start out is it okay if i start out with a new segment that i'm calling caroline's mythology corner Ooh, you heard it here, folks. We got a mythology corner now. We've had so many moments, like, recording and such, you know, mostly with, like, Agent Carter references and keeping an eye on Ty, but we got a mythology corner now, folks. Yes, please, Sorcerer Supreme, start us off. Thank you. I'm a little bit mad at myself that I didn't think to turn that into a running segment before. But, so... All right, so I want to flash back a little bit to last episode because I feel bad for not noticing that there's a lot, there's kind of a mythology reference in sort of the overall arc of the story and that involves Loki messing something up, then coming up with a plan to try and fix it, then getting drunk and messing up said plan. (laughs) So like that is, that's not the exact like there's no episode of or there's no Norse myth where Loki gets stranded on a, a moon that's about to explode or anything. Um, but there is a lot of myths where like he will cause a problem and then he'll fix it, or the Aesir will cause a problem and then they'll ask Loki to help them fix it, or like he tries to fix it and it spins off into a bigger problem. Um and, and those a lot of times getting drunk is involved. So Of course, it always is. Yeah, it always is with these guys. So yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny that like the last episode was sort of a Loki style adventure, um, but in a time travel context. Yeah. And then for this episode, um, we had another mythology reference and this one was a little bit more direct. So in this episode, when Loki goes into sort of the memory box and gets confronted with Sif, he's cut Sif's hair off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For, for funsies, and she is really upset about that. So that is also from Norse mythology. Loki just kind of cuts off Sif's hair. I don't think there's a reason for it. I think it's just kind of for funsies. And in the mythology, Sif has long golden hair. She's, okay, it's, it's hard to say what Norse gods and goddesses are the gods and goddesses of, because like a lot of them are sort of generically war and fertility. Um, it's <laughs> like... Yeah. All the men are war to some extent or another, except for Loki, who isn't really the god of anything. And then the women are all like war, fertility and or war. So. Oh my gosh. 
uh, wow, okay. And then some of the other ones get other things added on to them, like Odin also gets wisdom, Thor also gets weather, but it it's just... It's like it's we we definitely know that they were prayed to and sacrificed to a lot, but it's not 100% clear exactly what they did. Like we've got an idea of their personalities a little bit. Like, for instance, Thor is always kind of a friendly guy who likes to drink and yell and start fights, you know um thor's characterization is very consistent and you know same with loki's but loki just isn't really the god of anything so (laughs) which i also wonder if that's being hinted at in this uh is the series that despite his insistence that he's the god of mischief he actually isn't really the god of anything so he gets to kind of figure out who he is but but yeah so in the mythology sif has long golden hair which is supposed to represent like a, either fertility or wheat or agriculture or something like that. So she gets very upset when Loki cuts it off and Thor gets upset too because in the myths he and Sif, Sif are married. So uh, maybe that's why she's so upset that Thor doesn't like her back is because they're supposed to be married. <laughs> yeah, so so he, he makes Loki get her like a gold headdress to replace her hair. Oh, okay, wow. That's... So interesting because like um obviously I'm not versed in mythology or anything. I, I I've got nothing intelligent to add. But you know, even like I, I don't know if the writers maybe grabbed that from mythology themselves or if they just thought, hey, what's something Loki could do that would piss someone off? Oh hey, we're getting the actress who played Lady Sif back. Let's have him cut her hair. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know, sounds like something he'd do. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely does. And also the, the two of them never really got along either. So it would make sense that like, he would be antagonizing her. Although, you know, now that I say it, I also feel like, even though we didn't see a memory of Thor making Loki replace her hair or do something to make up for it, that seems like something Thor would do as well. Be like, Loki, that wasn't nice. You need to get Sif her hair back or something to replace it exactly yeah i can definitely see that you know even if they're not like a thing in the mcu i can definitely see thor getting really annoyed with that like brother i know you jest but this is not funny what would you do if someone cut off your hair and loki i may magically grow it back and then turn whoever did its hair into snakes you know probably something like that yeah (laughs) It just seems very in character, you know, and you know what I found interesting about that memory that of all the ways they could have tortured Loki. I'm not even sure if it was just torture, interrogation or just a way to wear him down. But of all the memories they could have used, why the one with Sif? Is it because like she need him in the groin so many times and slapped him? (laughs) Because if it's all about the physical pain, like just have him redo the thing with the Hulk where the Hulk just smashes him around at at Stark Tower and calls him a puny god, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that uh, getting getting smashed into a concrete floor does seem more painful. But then again, um, I uh, do not have um, those particular set of genitals that can get easily kicked. So, you know, I I keep all my reproductive organs inside my body. Um, But for any of you out there who who have been uh, kicked in the gonads, I'm told it's very, very painful. Ouch. So, you know, maybe maybe you saw that and you're like, yes, that is that is horrible torture. So. 
Oh my gosh, I can just imagine like every male writer and every male viewer were like, oh, you know, like just in pain, just watching him, watching that happen over and over again. Then you get those ladies who are like, either serves you right or uh, why should that be a problem? You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's... You know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it seems like it shows up in media a lot. And there's also maybe a question about like the fact that it's something that women do to men and it's treated like a joke um, all the time, even though it's like, you know, you're kind of going into iffy territory there if you attack someone that way. Um, you know, again, like it's it's one thing if it's in self-defense, but if it's like because you're mad at someone, it's like, you know, that's kind of a kind of a personal way to assault someone. Makes sense. And considering how pissed off Sif was, yeah, that was definitely the way to go. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not I don't necessarily love sort of the implication that that's like, oh, you know, when women do it to men, it's it's funny because I think the implication is just that like, well, when women hit men, it's funny because they're not that strong or men can't get hit by women, you know, when like that's not how it really is in either sense of the it's it's like I think that trope is kind of sexist to both genders. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could definitely see that. And in this case, I think Loki kind of deserved it for cutting Sif's hair. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of also wonder you know, is it just the physical aspect or is there some kind of emotional um, element to that? Because it's like Loki does say, he's like, oh, you know, I just drank some wine and took a bath and totally forgot about it. But is it possible that like, this is emotionally painful and he doesn't admit it? Like maybe he and Sif were like on okay terms and then this is this he just did this for fun and she didn't think it was funny and so it turned into like the start of their relationship going downhill or like Loki Ooh. realized that you know this is another bridge he went and burned you know i didn't even really think about that because i kind of took it at face value when he said that he forgot about it because i can kind of see him forgetting about it just because loki's that sort of a dude the kind of narcissistic dude that like kind of forgets about other people's pain or humiliation mm-hmm. unless it really benefited him and in this case yeah like it was it, he probably found it funny you know but i feel like he'd be the type that's just like oh it's beneath me now i'm bored of it you know <laughs> I, I don't know like so yeah. i i kind of believed him when he said that he forgot about it but man imagine because we see in this episode that loki was lying a lot like he and mobius were kind of playing each other basically this whole episode you know a lot of lying going on and there was very, very few times where Loki was genuine, like when he thought that Sylvie was killed and then when he saw Mobius die, which, oh my gosh, we'll get yeah. to that in a bit. But yeah, there were moments in this episode where there was a lot of BSing, but sprinkled within all that were some genuine moments of Loki. So you're right, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if that moment with Sif is more important to Loki than he lets on. If, like, you're right. What if that was the moment where the the two's relationship sort of began after maybe something that he thought, oh, that's funny, you know? And, like, she's like, uh, no. Who knows? Who knows? And maybe we'll see more of Loki's past. Yeah, I know we have, like, what, two more episodes left for this season? 
And I was not going to lie, I was, once we saw Sif, I got really excited and then begged for more characters. But of course, I don't get to see him. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I ask for too much. I acknowledge that. But I wonder if they will bring back some uh, characters just to show more of Loki's past. Yeah, I, I wonder about that, too. Again, I think it would be really fun if we could get a Chris Hemsworth cameo of some kind. But... I guess, I don't know, maybe I just keep making sympathetic Loki headcanons on accident, despite the fact that I, like, keep... Well, like, here's the thing, as I say I'm making sympathetic headcanons, but, like, I think it's because, fundamentally, with me and the character of Loki, like, I don't buy the idea that Loki is a victim. I buy the idea that Loki is someone who keeps, who does want connection and wants to be loved and wants to have friendships and relationships with people in his family but who keeps shooting himself in the foot and keeps <laughs> <laughs> like someone who keep you know he keeps sabotaging these connections either because he's afraid or because he's like you said he's a narcissist like i think with sif you know i feel like she kind of there's a situation here where it's like she and the two, she and him probably are two very different personalities because Sif is very kind of business minded and she's got a strong sense of duty and, you know, she's very, um, but at the same time, like she's also someone to me who, if you're talking about people in Asgard who get overlooked and don't get what they want, like one of my favorite Sif moments is not in the Thor movies, it's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we actually meet, um, I, th I think we might actually meet Amora, the Enchantress, or maybe it's Lorelai. Um, I can't remember. It was a while ago which one it was. But anyway, she's taunting Sif and she says like, you know, oh, you, you do everything you're supposed to do, but you never get what you want. You know, Ooh. somebody else always gets the credit and the glory and the man. And I'm just like, to me, that's like, oh, that's who Sif is. Like, that's at least in my mind, that's where she comes from is this place of like, I try so hard and it doesn't get me anywhere. I could definitely see that because from what we, from what little we've seen of Asgardian culture, they seem to expect women to be like mothers or healers because like there wasn't a lot of women warriors, you know, after the Valkyries and such, you know, so I can only imagine if that's the case that Sif must have like, fought tooth and nail to get to be as respected and as good as she is but being one of the few female warriors out there i can only imagine how much pressure that put on her you know to be like better and the best because any sign of weakness could definitely tear her down and just kind of reinforce that mindset of oh you're just a woman you're only meant to be healing and buffing babies anyways you know I can see that and that I'm guessing that's why she's so businesslike, like you said. Mm -hmm. And Loki, he's kind of the opposite where, yeah, a lot falls on him because he's the prince. But instead of like trying constantly to prove to everyone, he sort of kind of does a back and forth where, yeah, he's desperate to prove himself. But at the same time, he's also kind of like, I can do what I want. I'm a god, you know, so I can definitely see them clashing a lot. So Maybe that moment was significant. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, I found it interesting. And I was super happy that they brought back Sif. I was just like, yes! Oh my gosh, yes! You know, I was like super happy. 
a bit thrown off by that scene entirely. But then again, I feel like I was thrown in every direction of this episode. Like when you, me and Bridget were watching it, me and Bridget were like, oh my gosh, you know, just completely thrown. And you, you're just like, no, I saw that coming. <laughs> well, I mean, let's see. I guess here, I want to respond to your point about Sif and, the, Sif and then we can kind of get into the like twisty, turny plot stuff. Um, I think that that's a good point you bring up with like Sif's gender and how she has to be like she has this pressure on her um, because at least to me my headcanon about gender in Asgard is that it used to be that they were a bit more like well I mean like ancient Scandinavia to some extent or just there was it was more egalitarian and then after Hela killed all the Valkyries I feel like there was some kind of like to me, I feel like my, my theory is that there was a, like a misogynistic backlash, basically, of like, look, this is what happened when this evil woman fought up against these other women who couldn't stop her. And so, you know, we, we need to stop letting women be in charge of things. Um, and so that's why, I mean, I think in the first Thor, uh, Thor says something along the lines of like, you know, a lot of people didn't think Sif could be a, this little girl could be a warrior, but I know she can and I know she's the toughest. Mm -hmm. which again makes you is one of the reasons why i'm questioning this whole idea of like thor was this was such a jackass before he went to earth and learned humility i'm like uh thor has always been on like team respect women just saying <laughs> like this has been a very consistent character trait of him like when he was a little boy he wanted to be a valkyrie but was sad that he couldn't because he's a he's a guy oh that's right huh yeah, and then like he's his best friend is a girl who other people didn't think could be cool and like a warrior and he thought she could be. So like and he wanted he supported her in that. Like yeah, I I I'm I am fond of Thor. He I think he's um he's he's a good dude. He's a good good friend to the ladies. He's he's the guy you you want to be your bro. Yeah, I could definitely see that and I want him to be my bro too. Exactly. He he want he is everyone's bro. You know, either in the sense that he's your brother or he's your bro, bro. <laughs> Literally cannot wait to see him in Love and Thunder. I just I'm so excited. I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited for that movie. It's going to be fun. So so yeah, that, I think that's a good point you bring up about like that's kind of where Sif is coming from as a character and so it again, it makes sense that she would have such an explosive reaction to kind of a stupid prank you know, from Loki's perspective is that she's probably used to being disrespected. And with Loki, you know, he probably didn't do it because like, clearly he didn't do it because of her gender. I don't think he gives a, you know, one way or the other about that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I don't think he does based on the thing, some of the stuff he said to Natasha and the Avengers would suggest that he's a misogynist, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to maybe write that off as some uh, Joss Whedon-y nonsense. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, I agree. You know, same with the fact that, like, there's a part of me that, you know, some, some of the other stuff that gets in there is I'm like, look, I do think Tony Stark is sexist, but I do feel like the fact that he made an old-timey rape joke is a Joss Whedon thing. Honestly, it, it does sound a lot like him, considering what we know about the man. And even though I want to rant about how annoying he is and how misogynistic that dude is coming off, 
we will literally be here forever so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if i start ranting about joss whedon and also the you know start going all hipster on this and being like i thought joss whedon was sexist before it was cool um <laughs> No, like we'll spare you that, folks. We'll uh, uh we'll rant elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, for I... now, let's just rant about the episode. Yeah, but the point is, I I think there's to me in my interpretation of Loki's character, I don't believe he's a misogynist, even if he did you, even if he did talk to Natasha in that way in the Avengers, because again, I think he's out of character in that entire movie. Um, and also Joss <laughs> Whedon was writing him at the time, so. Like, I don't think that's why he cut off Sif's hair. I think it's because he's Loki and he thought it was funny and she felt like she was being disrespected again. And so that's yeah. why, you know, it she reacted so strongly. Yeah, Loki doesn't hate women. He hates everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lo Loki has contempt for everyone. He he's, thinks he's better than everyone, regardless of your gender. Uh, oh my god like what sif don't don't think you and your gender are special he, he hates everyone <laughs> he probably cut off thor's hair at some point in their childhood so yeah oh i wouldn't be surprised if he did that yeah i, I bet thor cried a lot and uh loki thought it was hilarious <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah sif definitely took it hard and again i don't blame her i may not be as fond of my hair as the average gal but i would be very pissed off if a chunk of it was missing yeah i am um, i also have long golden hair it is not magical but uh <laughs> i i am quite fond of it um and if someone did come and take a chunk off of it for funsies i would not be i mean i would be very concerned about how they got into my bedroom to begin with to do that so thank you I think Logic. that would actually be the first thing would be like, how did you get into my apartment to cut <laughs> off my hair? <laughs> Sif, in the meantime, she's focusing on her hair, but instead completely misses the fact that somehow Loki broke into her Asgardian apartment. Uh -oh. <laughs> I like that. Sif's got an Asgardian apartment. She's got, you know, her own set of keys. There's an Asgardian mail room downstairs. Yes. Oh my gosh. I accept that. I don't know if Asgard has apartments, but I accept that she has an awesome Asgardian, not even a, like an, a studio apartment. She's got a good one. Yeah, yeah. She's got a real nice studio apartment, but there's also like an Asgardian building manager who she has to like knock on the door of all the time to be like, you know, the plumbing's not working or like the light went out. Like Exactly. And somehow Loki either bribed the guard to let him in or he just teleported in because why the hell not? He can do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's see. Do we have any like odds and ends in housekeeping before we dive into the, uh, the again, all the twisty turny stuff? Nope. Let's dive right in. I am still in shock and I... I need to get it out, you know, I just, uh, this is, folks, as you know, we are, we're, we're recording right after we've watched the episode, so I have not had a moment to digest what the hell just happened in this episode, because just so many things happened that I was just like, what, you know, and I'm just losing my mind, and Caroline, you're just keeping this super calm, you're like, yeah, Marvel's done worse, we're good, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, for me, I am just, I'm, 
I am still a little bit frustrated with this show um, because I think that like there again, it's got an interesting premise. It's asking some interesting questions, but I think last episode just not much happened. And then in this episode, it's like we get sort of like big reveal after big reveal after big reveal and I think that the pacing is off in that respect, but also just like, you know, if you're, I mean, I've, I've seen TV episodes before that were just like wall to wall cliffhangers, but like usually they come at a different point in the story. Like for instance, if you have my, some of my favorite examples are like one of my, my all time favorite TV show is Deadwood. And a lot of times the season finale of dead of Deadwood and, I mean, I say a lot of times that poor show, it only got three seasons, Um, (laughs) but it made a lot of, uh, it made a lot of work with those three seasons. But like in Deadwood, sometimes you would have a first episode, which was just like, wham, 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 a whole bunch of stuff gets thrown at you. And you're like, oh my God, I have to watch the next episode. What, what is going on here? Or the final episode would involve like all these big plot developments and then like big questions. And again, if you're me, you're like, I have to watch the next season, you know? <laughs> um, so I feel like that is when you, when you have an episode that's just wham, 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 wham. Like if it's your first episode or your last episode of a series, to me, that makes sense because if it's your first episode, you can slow down and, answer all those questions or address all those plot threads in the rest of the season and if it's your last episode well same thing but for the next season you know yeah i see what you mean and like when you're saying this do you mean like are you uh talking about the wham wham bams like for this episode in general or just loki as a whole you know with four episodes we got i feel like it's this episode in particular because it's like the first episode, you know, does bring up a lot of, like I said, it, it asks a lot of questions about like what's going on. And, you know, then there's the whole reveal of like, oh, there's this dangerous variant out there and it's you, Loki. You know, that's a really good way to start a series. I think the premiere's probably the best episode so far. But then when it comes to, for instance, the last episode, like I complained about not much happening, but we did get one big reveal that was that like, oh, you know, everyone in the TVA is a variant. But then, like, this episode turns into, like, we've got Ravona doing her villain reveal. We've got her dusting Mobius. Then the reveal that the timekeepers are robots and somebody else is controlling them. And then she dusts Loki. And then Loki wakes up and is confronted by a bunch of variants and in the mid-cliffhanger thing. And... It's episode four, you know? It's not, like, the first episode. It's not the last episode. It's not even, like, some kind of mid-season finale or something. It's episode four, and there are two episodes left. I I think I'm in shock with you using the word dusting. So, um, I'm gonna go to the corner for a bit and just cry about the half of the universe getting dusted all over again. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to, like... bring it up it's just that's what it kind of looks like to me because like you poke people and then they kind of disintegrate so nope it's exactly what it was and just wow now that i think about it 
when you were listing all those twists and turns, I'm thinking, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? You know, when you like list them out like that. that wow. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Well, it's also they're backloaded at the end of the episode, too. So it's just like, you know, the beginning of the episode to me, I, I thought it was off to a decent ish start, except for the fact that like it seemed the last episode kind of made it seem like we were going to start moving through different parts of the galaxy. And now it's like we're back at the TVA and it feels like we never left. And then it's, but still, we've got a little bit more of like, OK, let's keep talking about Loki as a character. But then it turns into bam, 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 twist. And then the episode's over. Um, I'm guessing that we'll probably see a little more galaxy hopping in the next episode and a little more Loki soul searching because unless my eyes deceive me, after he was dusted, he seems to be on a place where there might be other Lokis, including teen Loki folks. Oh my gosh. Yes. Is it finally happening? Our, I think our manifestation skills are strong. Yes. Yes. Your sorcerer supreme powers just blasted yes yeah so we've got teen loki we have alligator loki which i'm just gonna put in as my favorite right off the bat <laughs> you just take one look and you're like i have not heard you speak i have not i don't know your personality but you're my favorite i i i like weirdness you know i i like kind of i don't love just like a whole lot of weirdness for weirdness's sake but i do appreciate that you've got like a couple of logical Loki variants. I think that the other gentleman with the weapons is a Thor variant. That's my theory. That's my um, theory too, yeah. But you've got like, okay, you've got basically original comic book costume old Loki. You've got teen Loki. Those are both logical. And then you have Loki as an alligator, which just comes out of nowhere. Like Loki, I don't know if he's ever done that in the comics. Loki's not associated with an alligator in the mythology. That's one of the few animals he has not turned into, you know? It's just, it comes out of nowhere along with these two other kind of logical Loki variants. So I just appreciated <laughs> it. Let me guess. Peter Porker from Into the Spider-Verse was your favorite of all the different Spider-Men and women? Uh, no, actually. My, <laughs> well, it's hard to say because like, I love them all for different reasons. But in terms of just which one I thought was the most fun, it would have been Spider-Man Noir. But Peter Porker was Spider-Ham was pretty special. Nice, nice. And then I can't wait to see more of these Lokis and Thors even, because like you, I thought that the dude with the weapon was a Thor variant. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm not sure what is going on. Like, my only theory is that maybe the, t well, I can't say time uh, lords, gods, whatever space <laughs> wizards they are. It's okay. I think I may have started that because I kept trying to not call them time lords. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't even know what they are now. Uh, machines, like mm -hmm. really bad knockoff uh, Ultrons <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know, but just anyways, my theory right now is that it seems like since uh, Loki and Sylvie were having that gross moment or whatever, it seems like they caused a Nexus event. You know, they started branching off from the timeline. So I'm wondering, is it it's not quite a coincidence that the uh TVA seems to be fixated on Lokis because they plucked out uh, Loki and they plucked out Sylvie and it seems like they're he's now in a place where there's other Lokis and Thor so 
I wonder if the TVA is trying to just eradicate every possible alternate timelines and alternate universes and just try to keep the one that might benefit them the most. How it would benefit them, I don't know, but that's my theory for the time being. Yeah, yeah. I I have no theory about who the TVA is, but I mean, I didn't see them being robots necessarily, but I definitely thought or definitely had the sense that like there was more going on with them you know like there was someone who was pulling their strings yeah i kind of got like a wizard of oz kind of vibe where i'm like who's behind Mm -hmm. the curtain you know because the way they were talking and moving i'm like they seem a little fake like like bad 70s sci-fi movie fake (laughs) you know that's bad Like, it's just, come on, Marvel, you got a good chunk of change. You know, you could afford to do some good uh, CGI or something, you know, but yeah, that threw me off. So I'm like, I, I like, I didn't suspect that they were robots, but I wondered if maybe they were holographic projections or something again, like Wizard of Oz. So when they turned out to be robots, I was surprised, but not so much where I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I I just sort of assumed that they were some kind of, um, again, maybe it's just because I've watched too much Star Trek. I kind of assumed that they were just some kind of aliens who were pretending to be way more powerful than they actually were. Um, Like somebody else set this whole thing up, but these guys were able to pretend that it was them all along or something. And they were really just, again, a few aliens who could maybe do some magic tricks and um they had either stumbled upon this or they were being kind of puppeteered by somebody else like um if i never really mentioned like oh i know there's someone behind them in this previous episodes because like i still don't know who it would be who's pulling their strings like you know it could and that's kind of neat is like it could be anyone you know it could be like some kind of secret asgardian cabal it could be all the lokis it could be one one other loki variant which is why they're so (laughs) fixated on lokis you know or it could be like, I don't know, whoever's going to be the big bad of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Or it could be something to do with like, it could be Kang the Conqueror or something oh. to do with some other free or cosmic stuff, you know? Oh, snap. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what if it's Miss Minutes? It is t- <laughs> <laughs> it's Terra Strong. Mystery Ex- solved. Well, Terra Strong is everywhere. So, you know... She has all these other personas to call on. I accept that. I accept that so hard. Yeah. I like your theory. It is Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes made this all and she created the timekeepers because she knew that people wouldn't take her seriously because she's a clock with a southern accent. And so she made these lizards to look kind of imposing to be her cover story. I accept that. I accept that. We just solved the mystery, folks. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. But if it's Kang the Conqueror in some way, I swear to gosh, because I read about him a little bit in the Squirrel Girl comics. And I know that that, those are lighter comics. I get that. But the dude was still pretty crazy powerful. So I'm a little like, oh, gosh, here we go. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't want to lean too much into the whole it's Kang theory i mean i because like i don't know maybe they're they are still gonna wait to introduce him in quantum mania like they've said they are going to um but when i heard again i don't know i know a little bit about him although 
I think he's one of those characters where his backstory is so convoluted and confusing. I'm like, I, I don't know him. I have an idea of who he's supposed to be, and I've seen him in the cartoons, but this is this is all too complicated and confusing and convoluted. So you know what? I I'm not gonna try and get into this. <laughs> yeah, but it does make sense that he'll be there anyway, just because he's also kind of a figure in the Young Avengers comics. And if they've already given us a Wiccan, you know, then yeah, they they're gonna give us Kang the Conqueror too at some point. Oh, and Team Loki, of course. Yeah. So many Lokis. All so the Lokis. Many. All of them. Um, but yeah, and then there's also, you know, one of the first things, again, I don't know uh, Ravona from the comics, but one of the first things I heard about her is apparently she's like Kang's on again, off again, love interests. And I've heard something about the actress saying like, this is her origin story. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe the the new plot is that she and Kang are going to be the co-big bads of the next phase of the MCU. But he just, oh, he seems like someone who's hanging, because like you said, even showing up in Squirrel Girl, it was clear that he was super powerful. I'm not going to say he's going to be the next big bad, but I'm just like, I feel like he's going to be important for phase, you know, this next phase or next phases. So especially since there's so much like time travel and multiverse stuff that is being put on the table so yeah yeah i definitely see that and i personally would love to see him and i can't wait to see him whether or not he pops up in loki it's fine because we already have confirmation that he'll be in quantum mania so great but speaking of ravona like i was totally wrong about her i was wrong about her and i was wrong about hunter b15 because my thing was that I was thinking, oh, Ravona's probably just that one leader that's just doing her best to stay above water, so to speak. You know, she probably like, yeah, she's an important character, but she'll probably be like kind of iffy about what's right versus what's wrong. You know, it turns out, no, nah, she's full on fledged bad guy. Okay. Okay. Just killed the guy you basically were sharing a tender moment with earlier and kind of sort of claim to care so much about him only to just dust him the second he betrayed you like all right then you got hunter b15 who like caroline you and i had been talking about it with one of the last podcasts that i was expecting her to just go full-on evil you know just like you know what if you guys are gonna go soft on these variants i'll take them down myself you know i just I thought she was going to be that kind of fanatic, you know, only for her to turn around and just betray them because she realized that Sylvie was telling the truth, you know, that just I was completely wrong about these two ladies. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because I feel like I don't remember if we said that, you know, we had this idea that she was that uh, B-15 was going to turn on the TVA. Um, and I think you, you know, your theory was that she was going to turn on the TVA and that she was going to be like, they're not extreme enough. But I, I felt like we were talking about this idea that she would turn on the TVA somehow that like her kind of adherence to their protocol would kind of turn into an equally strong, like desire to go against them. And I don't know, I, I kind of imagined, I didn't see her as this, I was like, well, maybe she goes, that means she goes evil, or maybe that means she becomes a good guy and that she you know, stands up against the TVA who are clearly being set up as vaguely authoritarian. 
Um, I don't know if I expressed that in so many words in that episode. And like, I'm not going to pretend I saw Ravona being a bad guy from day one, but definitely in the last couple of episodes, I've been leaning more toward. I'm like, okay, I think, especially in this episode from the beginning, I'm just like, okay, Ravona is a, you know, it's, I wasn't sure about her to begin with, but I think at the beginning of this episode, I'm like, yeah, she's a bad guy. Well, she did like take a child away for being a so-called variant, you know, poor little, poor little Sylvie, man. Like I didn't say in the chat, but all I could, all I could think was, oh, poor little Miha. Oh my gosh. Leave her alone. She's just a child. What the heck, man? Oh, but yeah, that's, I have a lot of questions about that. I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of off on this theory that like, maybe it wasn't actually Sylvie because I think in the chat, I was like, wait a second, did she dye her hair blonde later or is this somebody else? Um, but I think the so the answer is that she dyed her hair at some point. But I was kind of like, maybe it's not her. Maybe we're just supposed to think it's her. So th- I was wrong about that. But I am curious to know if Ravona does actually remember what it was that made her a variant or if it really was something so inconsequential that it's nothing. Or, I mean, like you said, it seems like the the timekeepers or whoever's in charge here seems to be kind of fascinated by Loki's. So is it just that like, there's a lot of Loki variants that are being collected in one way or another? That's insane to think about because if we consider that theory that like every decision you make branches off into an alternate reality or whatever, and there is an, infinite amount of loki's then you know if if they if the timekeepers are really truly focused on collecting loki's or whatever then man they're going to be doing it for all of eternity just because again if if loki makes one decision but contemplated another one that's just two branches already and considering that loki's kind of a smart dude and probably considers like 50 options or whatever that's like 50 branches and then those 50 branches will have 50 branches of it's just it's insane to think about but why Loki? yeah that that is wild like you could if every decision turns into a new timeline you have like infinite loki's you know it's not just like the loki who won the bet with thor versus the loki who lost the bet with thor it's like (laughs) the loki who you know you've you've got the loki who i don't know got trashed on the cherry flavored meat instead of the elderberry flavored meat (laughs) yes you know You know, if any dis- if that's any decision, then it could be anything that turns you into a Loki variant. It's insane to think about, you know. And again, maybe they aren't focused on Loki, but I'm going to stick with the theory that they are. Just because, again, it's a little too coincidental that we got Sylvie and then we got teen Loki, alligator Loki, and like even a variant Thor. Because I'm guessing if they are focused on Loki's, of course, uh, a variance of Thor is definitely going to get roped into that. But seriously, I don't know what to expect for the next episode. And I don't know if the timekeepers and the TVA really do want Loki. Why? Like, because we all know Loki's a powerful dude. Like, even in the comics, he becomes the Sorcerer Supreme for like a, a brief amount of time. So wait, so does that mean I'm a Loki? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Caroline! You might yes, be a Loki. Yes, I've been a Loki all along. My pretense at being bored and frustrated with his character development was just a ruse. 
<laughs> I, oh my gosh, Caroline, the next time I see you and you smash a cup saying, I want another, then that'll confirm it for me. <laughs> I I want to do that just once, but I'm also too worried about people's safety. <laughs> It's like specifically my safety. I don't want to step on a piece of mug. I don't think so. I don't want to like accidentally like smash a glass and get a piece of like chipped glass embedded in like my leg or something. Yeah, no. Or anybody else's, you know. Oh my gosh. You heard it here first, folks. Sorceress Supreme Caroline is a Loki. Yep. Uh, I love it. But anyways, it's just... Yeah, I don't know if the TVA and Timekeepers truly are focused on Loki or not. It seems like that's the case. And again, I'm sticking to that. And probably because he is capable of power, hard to tell. But for now, I'm just relieved that he's alive. But only because of one reason, one reason only. Because we knew he was going to be fine. I mean, we got two more episodes. Of course he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yes. So that's another one of those, like twists that's a not a twist because it's like oh no they went there but at the same time like clearly they didn't go there because the show's called loki they're not gonna kill him off you know in that way in the middle of the season i mean i'm not ruling out the idea that tom hiddleston loki dies and gets replaced by like sylvie or teen loki at some point like that could happen but it's not gonna happen like this you know yeah no no definitely not and you know just if if that stick or whatever isn't really dusting people, like, I briefly theorized that, oh my gosh, what if it just sends them somewhere else, you know? And it seems like that's the case. And if that is the case, then Mobius is alive. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, killing off Mobius. That was one of those things where, like, I wouldn't have predicted they do that right at this point. But it also seems kind of pointless, you know? Yeah, what do you mean? Um, again, once again, it's I think I um I just feel like I liked him a lot and I think Owen Wilson really like his particular Owen Wilson energy, he really works in the context of this series. So like I did like the character, but you don't get to be like at least for me, I didn't get invested enough in him that if this is it and he's dead for real, you know, I'm sad or something like whereas if another character bit the dust it would be like oh no i'm i'm gonna cry like i i can get invested in characters like character deaths can be really even if they're you know either surprise deaths or they're like something you could see coming from a mile away like they can be really affecting but this one isn't and so it makes me think that it's probably another fake out like he's probably just been transported somewhere else which is what happened to Loki. And then even before I thought, even before I'm like, okay, it's a fake out. I'm just like, what was the point? This character felt like they had unfinished business, you know? Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Because like, I didn't see it coming that they would kill him off like this. I did not see it coming. And honestly, I was in shock. And I even mentioned in the chat that I teared up a little. But like, not only was it because of his death, but it was because, like, he and Loki actually established the fact that they were friends, you know? Like, moments before when when Mobius figured out that apparently Ravona had killed that poor hunter that was kind of sort of brainwashed by Sylvie. 
you know, and he would, that Mobius had been lied to. But anyways, and then like Loki's like, I get you don't trust me, but how about you trust me as a friend, you know, and Mobius seemed to be cool with that. And I'm thinking, oh, finally, you know, the two get to be like bros. They get to be friends only for Mobius to get killed. And the look on Loki's face, it did not realize how affected he could be by that. Like it was like that moment when, Sylvie and Hunter B-15 were talking and Sylvie shows uh, Hunter her past and she's like, I looked so happy. And Sylvie actually looked like sympathetic, you know, that moment of vulnerability from her and then that later vulnerability from Loki seeing Mobius get dusted that just really got me, you know, where I'm just like, oh, my heart. Loki, he's. it seemed to emphasize on this episode that he's scared of being alone and doesn't want to be alone. And he finally, like, comes across people who understand him, you know, and just one of them gets dusted and he's just like, yo. And I'm like, ow. So that's why I was affected strongly, you know, personally. Yeah, I, I think it's for me, like... I, I definitely like the two the, the two of them have really great chemistry and I like their relationship, but I think the issue was that we don't get to spend a much time with Loki being upset about it before we move on to the other thing, which is what I kind of mean about like wham, 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 wham. Whereas if that had been the climax of the episode, like it had ended and then the last image is like Loki's face and then close, you know, go to credits, like, and then we're, ha- we have to sit in that feeling for a while, then it would feel more affecting, but it just feels like, oh, no, this is like, Loki just kind of got a friend and now he's gone. And now onto the another, onto another thing. Gotcha. I see what you mean, man. If they would have ended the episode right there, like how you said, I think I would have been inconsolable or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he's coming back, but if he's not, it just kind of feels like a waste of a good character, you know? Oh, they better not do our boy dirty like that. No, 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 no. They can't do that to Owen Wilson. I refuse <laughs> to let them to do that to Owen Wilson. No. Oh man. They can't do that. Not to Owen Wilson. They already did that to Scarlett Johansson. I refuse to let them do that to Owen Wilson. Just play yeah. it, do our character so dirty. I don't think so. Yeah, speaking of of Scarlett Johansson and Natasha Romanoff, um, so nope, Loki does not run into her on Boromir. The lady sitting in the purple space landscape was Sylvie, so. Honestly, I hadn't even seen it that way in the trailer, you know, so. I'd heard that theory going around and I didn't, like, believe it, but I didn't think it was going to happen, but it also, you know, it would have been cool if, like, especially with, at least for me, one of the th- reasons I'm like, I'll probably watch Black Widow at some point, but I'm also just like, you you guys killed her, and now you're like, and now we made a movie! Isn't that cool? I'm like, <laughs> wh- why'd you stuff her in the fridge then? Um, oh. I mean, not that I don't, I like, I love prequels. Like, I do love, like, going back and hearing more about a character whose story we thought we already knew. So it's not that that's inherently a bad thing to do, but just like the fact that they were like, oh yeah, there's a Black Widow movie coming later. And then before that, they're like, and now she's dead. So like, it would have kind of been a neat twist if around the same time the Black Widow movie comes out, they're like, actually, her story isn't over. You didn't know all of it, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, Marvel has um ineffective timing when it comes to movies and planning in general. Yep. <sighs> you would yep, think that yep, they would yep. have learned at this point. I mean, what, they've been doing this since 2008? Yeah. I mean, also, it's like there's clearly some stuff that they plan for a while, but then it turns out, like, I mean, I get that part of the problem with Black Widow had to do with a lot of the organizational stuff at Marvel, but at the same time, and that was like going on the behind the scenes drama and shenanigans. Um, but at the same time, it's like, as I said, I am continually baffled by the decision to kill her off in Endgame. Like even if Scarlett Johansson wants out of her contract, like just get let her out of her contract say natasha retired or something and leave the door open for other stuff so it doesn't feel like you you know again fridge the single female the original female member of the team like who you've been kind of underserving and putting pushing into the background for the past like uh seven years eight years nine years at this point Ugh. yeah when you put it like that uh marvel yeah. come on improve yourself a little please because it seems to me that marvel has like great ideas but not that great execution like yeah yeah i think that that's a, a recurring issue going on here and yeah it's 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 funny that i'm getting like so upset because like i don't even like natasha that much i just like want to like her so much more you know yeah yeah definitely i see what you mean but uh anyway so she's She's not here, unfortunately, folks. It's fine. We'll we'll survive, you know. Just we'd we'd prefer to see Thor, anyways. Just just saying. Yeah, yeah, that would make more sense. So so that's one twist we didn't get, um, in this series. But well, okay. So do we want to talk about Sylvie a little bit? Uh, what specifically? Because like I swear, I have so many feelings mostly conflicted about her because I don't know what to think of her at this point because like for a moment I kind of not hated her but I was just like man you suck you know but now that we see a little more of her I'm like okay you don't suck as much now and then you got the other hand where I'm just like oh no 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 you and Loki better not be having a moment that's disgusting <laughs> yeah you you and bridget um really really don't like that but i honestly i'm not i'm kind of down for the idea of loki like hooking up with an alternate timeline version of himself like to me that's just the the right kind of messed up for this character you know <laughs> oh man i think it's a little too messed up for my taste because it's just I personally would not want to date an alternate version of myself. Male, female, does not matter. No, thank you. And it's not because I have any self-loathing or anything. It's just... Oh, that's the only reason I wouldn't want to date an alternate universe version of myself. I don't like myself very much or find myself very attractive, so... Oh my gosh, get out. You know, if that weren't the case, I might be, I might be curious about it. But other than that, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't like me, so, you know two of me and probably just we just end up fighting and not in the like bantery sexy way just in the like we would get very mad at each other and stalk off and not talk to each other anymore oh man yeah and also when you think about it, it's a little narcissistic to fall for another version of yourself like owen wilson mm -hmm. mobius pointed it out too like isn't yeah. that a little narcissistic you know 
Yeah. Well, that's why I say, like, I think it fits so well for this character, you know? It makes sense that, like, I, as I was saying in the last episode, when, when uh, Bridget and I were kind of chatting about him being revealed as bisexual or pansexual or what have you, I'm like, this is a character who hasn't really had any kind of interest in sex or romance before. So the idea that the only person he would start to have romantic feelings for is himself <laughs> is just, I'm just like, yeah, that tracks. Honestly, like I see how it's funny once we get past the ick factor, but like I mentioned in our chat, I, it's almost like incest to me, and I know they're not related. I know they're not, but I don't know. It just it, it creeps me out. I am no, I'm a hard, I'm a very hardcore no. And yeah. you, you said you're down for this. Um, I mean, I. To me, I don't see it as incest. I see hooking up with an alternate version of yourself as kind of like masturbation. <laughs> um, but I also like, I guess for me, when it comes to like ships and romantic relationships, like my, when it comes to those things, I am totally okay with bad, unhealthy, icky relationships if that's how they are presented. You know, oh. like this is presented as being like narcissistic and kind of messed up. My my problem is when you have something like, for instance, I really dislike Brutasha. I don't think I'm alone in this. Ugh. My problem with Brutasha is that it is purely presented as romantic, despite the fact that there are, in my opinion, like, for instance, I mean, that's why I, I just do not like relationships that involve you know, a woman and a much more physically powerful man that she is afraid of. Like, there are a lot of those in fiction and they are consistently presented as being romantic and I find them, like, coercive and uncomfortable. But, you know, if there were to be a relationship like that that is presented as coercive and uncomfortable and, you know, like, commenting on that trope of the way, like, women are expected to like i don't know develop romantic feelings for men who frighten them or they're supposed to just sort of deal with a base level of like aggression or something you know that i wouldn't mind as a storytelling trope but my issue is again when it's like well or like for instance when it comes to let's talk about a loki ship and like the whole incest question like i don't love thor loki shippers you know, uh. because like they're brothers, they're raised as brothers. So for people to be like, oh, yeah, they're totally in love with each other. And it's OK because they're not real brothers. I'm like, adopted siblings are real siblings. Thank you. Oh, it just, oh, no, that that grosses me out, too. And, you know, even if you take out the ick factor, it just doesn't make sense to me personally. And I'm pretty sure anyone who's listening to this that's a Thor Loki shipper is just, like, ready to rant the reason <laughs> as to why it works. Like, I'm like, me, I'm like, nah, it's, it's not realistic, even if they weren't raised as brothers. But since they are brothers, no thank you. Does not matter that they don't share blood. They are brothers. And that's disgusting. No thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I agree on that on that front. So like, again, for me, it, it really has to do with how it's framed. So if anyone is going around saying like, oh my God, Loki and Sylvia are in love and it's such a beautiful thing and they're so cute. I'd be like, uh, no, no, what show are you watching? <laughs> no, it's weird. It's supposed to be weird. 
Yeah, and I wonder if they're actually going to go through with it because it seems like it was kind of sort of heading in that direction before they're interrupted like twice. First by getting captured and second time by getting with Loki getting dusted, whatever. It just it seems like it's going to go in that direction and I'm curious as to see how that'll work out because I uh yeah, no thank you. It's uh, no no thank you. <laughs> I don't want to see it, but it's not like I'm going to stop watching the show and protest or anything. I'll just I'll just grimace the entire time and complain. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, here's the thing. It's like on the one hand I say that it's, you know, a, the kind of messed up I appreciate but I do have some reservations and they're about kind of, again, like the gender dynamics of, well, one, I think it's a little bit strange that they're trying to make this point about Loki being a narcissist. And they're also making a point about Loki being queer and it's a female Loki, you know, like, why isn't it a male Loki that looks exactly like him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah, there's this there's this weird implication that like it's okay to fall in love with your alternate universe doppelganger, but you know, or it's like it's weird, but it's still a thing. But like we can't even really show suggest the idea of you falling in love with your alternate universe doppelganger that's also a dude. Yeah, it's almost like they're taking the easy way out by picking a female because at least it, it's at least it's heterosexual, even if it is kind of yourself or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Yeah, yeah. So like that. Uh, I think is like a little bit um, iffy. And then, I mean, there's also Sylvie's whole question about like, I was born the goddess of mischief. And like, I guess that doesn't exclude her also being gender fluid. Um, I mean, Loki identifies as a god, which is also, I don't know. I feel like Loki has used male pronouns before, which is why um, I think we can use male pronouns for him when we're talking about him. So I don't know if that's a social convention in Asgard or if that's kind of part of how Loki sees himself or, you know, it's like he, he sees himself as a man until he turns into a mare and then he's a woman. And then he has Slipnir and then Odin rides him around and that's weird. Uh. Don't let Odin babysit, okay? I think this is something that's consistent across mythology and the MCU. Oh, gosh. I'm just so exhausted with Odin in general. I'm, <sighs> I got Od the wise. My butt. And as for uh, Goddess of Mischief, I really wonder about that with uh, Sylvie because she doesn't quite seem mischievous. Like, the only time I can really think of her as being mischievous is when she gave that the, the child the gum, the kablooey gum. Yeah. But that, that's about it, in my opinion. And who knows if she really is the Goddess of Mischief or if that's all she's been told because she was taken at a young age, you know, that was... Must have been very traumatizing, poor poor little Miha, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another good point and kind of also goes into my sort of frustration with Sylvie and her kind of the gender dynamic going on with Loki is that, like, in the last episode, we have this setup where, you know, Sylvie is allegedly another Loki who is allegedly the goddess of mischief now, but... She doesn't do anything mischievous. She's very mission focused and she gets frustrated with Loki for being chaotic and messy and screwing things up. And so you first had this dynamic of like, you got a man and a woman and the man's kind of zany and the woman's rolling her eyes. 
And now that's turned into a romantic thing of, and then they like each other and they fight because they like each other. And I'm like, can we please just have a story about two zany men or two zany women or two uptight men or two uptight women or a zany lady and an uptight dude, you know? Why does it always have to be uptight lady rolling her eyes at zany man? Uh, so many romantic tropes I want to smash to the ground. <laughs> I, I've now got this image of like you as the Hulk and then there's like a big bunch of tropes and there are Loki and you're like smashing them into the concrete, you know? like I am the Hulk, man. I'm always <laughs> angry. You're like... Gen smash unrealistic romantic tropes. Gen smash stupid gender roles. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that quote. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I'm a little frustrated with Sylvia as a character too, you know, because even though like, I think she sucks a little less, I'm still questioning what she's doing. You know, what's, what's the purpose of her? Is it, is she just like a product of the TVA being, authoritarian jerks or or what yeah though i i'm also curious as to what kind of her overall goal is aside from taking down the tba because she's mad because they messed with her life um although i am curious as to why you your take on her is that she sucks is it because of the whole like the gender stuff we were just talking about or is it because of um her not being much fun or is it something else Oh man, it's it's partially because she's not very fun, but honestly, I'm having a bit of trouble believing she's a quote unquote a Loki, just because goddess of mischief. Again, we we covered that she's not quite that way. Plus, it's just like the fact that she's willing to kill innocent people just to get back at the TVA rankles me, because I I just get that like. I get wanting to get revenge or whatever, but why are you taking out on hunters who are just trying to do their jobs, you know? Why hurt or kill them, you know? Unless they had something to do with her kidnapping, like how we found out with Ravona, then leave them alone, you know? And the fact that she was willing to kill Loki, despite that he's literally done nothing wrong. Like, he's just, like, even though he was sent to find her too, you know, it's she can't possibly believe he was doing it because he liked being part of the TVA. You know, just girl. girl I mean, girl's kind of heartless. And yet we see some these little moments of vulnerability that just completely throw me off my game. So, yeah, I think she's just kind of all over the place for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you on that one of the, the complaint that she just does not feel like much of a Loki. You know, again, she's not very... Uh, chaotic she's not much fun she's just kind of frustrated and wants to tear down the tva which like is an understandable motivation but it oh, just yeah. feels like i don't know to me i feel like the only like fun detail we ever got about her was that she had like a long distance cross time relationship with the same postman <laughs> <laughs> the one interesting thing about her oh uh, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I mean, that. again, that begs another question of like, is is she just like, you know, a, a straight cis woman? And then the Loki we know is a gender fluid uh, pansexual or bisexual. Like, does is she also bi or is she also queer in some sense? Like, 
I, I just think it's odd that we don't get a sense of that, even though, again, there's there's kind of a there is kind of a gender subtext, even though I complain about like, why isn't Loki falling in love with a male version of himself? I do feel like there is a gender subtext of a male and female Loki having conversations with one another, you know, this idea of like multiple genders coexisting within the same person. Yeah, so for now I'm rooting for her, but only because I I am not a fan of the TVA and Ravona in general. And also, again, I feel so much for that for her little child self that was just taken from her home. I mean, literally all she was doing was just playing a game, you know, and yet she gets stolen from her life for something that she likely didn't even do, you know, like what what did she do exactly? What did she do that caused a nexus event or whatever, you know, just that I'm curious about. Yeah. And I I wonder if that if like the point of that is that she didn't do anything and that Ravona really doesn't remember or if it was something significant and we're going to find out later, you know. Yeah. Either way, I'm I am so down for next week's episode. I am so ready. I'm curious to see where this is all going. (laughs) Well, folks, we got two more episodes and supposedly a second season, so it ain't over till it's over. No. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the second season is going to consist of, because this season is going to be so short, you know? Yeah, I mean, we still haven't seen what's going on with the vote for Loki thing, you know? Just, come on, Marvel, you gotta deliver. Yeah, I feel like that's the only part of the trailer we don't know what's what we haven't seen yet, is like, the vote for Loki image. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with that. And I'm pretty, pretty pleased as punch here. Like if he's literally, let's just say Loki was transported to another land of Lokis. The fact that he would be running for presidency or whatever against himself is hilarious. Uh, That would be pretty funny of like a whole electorate of Lokis all fighting over who gets to be like the superior Loki. And considering that they're all very arrogant or whatever, they all think that they're the superior Loki. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I feel like that would be fun with a lot of uh, MCU characters in general if we could just get like a room full of different versions of them. Yes. Like you yes. got the room. Yeah, you got like the room full of Lokis and they're all fighting over who's the superior one. And then you get like a room full of Steves and they all play baseball or something. Oh my gosh, that's so wholesome. There's going to be a skinny Steve in all in that like a couple of times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I want it all. And then you got like a room full of Thors and they just end up in like a drinking contest and, you know. Uh, yes. Yes. Marvel, you're listening. We've already established that you're <laughs> totally spying on us. So make that happen in the What If series, please. I want that. Please. Please. I'll stop complaining. That would be a really fun what if, if there's some kind of multiverse event that means that every, like, alternate version of the same character ends up, like, having to deal with each other at some point, or in some cases deal with each other, and in another case become buddies. Ugh. Yes. I want to see it all. Please. Marvel, you can have fun with this. Yeah. Yeah, this would be really fun. (laughs) well anyways is there anything else you want to talk about um oh yes uh okay couple of notes um one of them is that so speaking of the prevalence in popular culture of relationships between scary men and women who are scared of them being portrayed as romantic um 
there is a joke of Bridget's that I feel like we need to uh, share with the world. Um, <laughs> so at one point, they, Mobius was talking about all the stuff they deal with at the TVA. And he's like, you know, with all the like gods and monsters and and aliens and vampires. And I was like, wait, vampires? <laughs> Yeah, we were all just like, huh? Did I hear that right? You know? Oh yeah. my gosh. And then Bridget's response was that she hopes that the TVA wiped out every variant of Edward Cullen. <laughs> I I hope so, so much. Just, just take them all down. Take them all down. Yeah, I hope they did too. I so. asked for so little TVA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on TVA, do one thing right, okay? <laughs> like, just, just you can redeem yourself right here, right now, if you take out all the Edward Cullens. Yeah, leave the Lokis alone and and go after Edward Cullen, please. <laughs> please. Um, so yeah, I felt like uh, I just Bridget isn't here to say that, but I needed to to let everyone know that that she she said that. So so yeah, that's another um, another idea for Marvel. Just 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 throwing it out there if they want to include that in your TVA spinoff or season two of Loki or something, you know, they won't, but girl can dream. A girl can dream. And we're always dreaming. And Hey, if our manifestation powers are working, since we basically have a teen Loki now, let's just mm -hmm. manifest that now. Yep. 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 We're putting it out in the universe. And then the other note I had is that, uh, since the last episode, the internet has come up with a translation of the song Loki was singing on the train. Ooh. It turns out that it is just straight up Norwegian. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So I feel dumb for thinking that it might have been Old Norse, but apparently in my defense, Tom Hiddleston has kind of a wonky accent, so it <laughs> doesn't totally sound like Norwegian. But there is a, a translation for it that you can find on, on YouTube if you search it and you can see what he's singing about. So that's just a note if anyone's curious. Well, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up. What about you? Did you have any kind of odds and ends or final thoughts? Or or wait, before I close out, I also did want to say um, I, I've been kind of ragging on this episode for a while, but I did like the scene where um, the, you know, Hunter B-15 saw her past. I thought, I agree with you, Jen, that I thought that was quite moving. Although there's a part of me that really would have liked to have seen it in a flashback oh or something just now i'm God. curious about who she was before they abducted her so seriously yeah the, i was kind of sort of disappointed like yeah i want to see her life but at the same time i was too busy just in awe of that scene about how both actresses just were just so moved you know by one another and how they portrayed it it just was gorgeous yes oh my gosh yeah great scene so I think that that is all for me. What about you? Uh, Yeah, that's it. Unless you want to hear any rants about Joss Whedon or any more <laughs> of my disgust over the Sylvie Loki thing. But otherwise, uh, Owen Wilson, you better rise back. I refuse to be done with you. And yeah, I'm pretty pumped for the next uh, episode. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. All right, cool. Well, I have had a great time watching the episode with you, Caroline. I'm glad it was you, me, and Bridget watching. And as usual, you always give us some awesome facts and knowledge. And we got a mythology corner for you now. So thank you. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. As I agree with you, it was super fun to have all three of us get to chat about it. And um, it was super, super fun to talk with you. And at some point, we do need to do a Joss Whedon rant um, podcast or like section or something. Um, something, yeah. Because that guy deserves it. And uh, But other than, than that, um, everything else has been super, super fun. So it's been great chatting with you. Yes, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Had a great time and can't wait to talk more with you about the next few episodes. So yeah. uh, Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to chat with us, we have an email, we have a Tumblr and a Twitter. So don't be afraid to hit us up, you know, let us know how much you dislike Joss Whedon too. And whether you're for the Loki Sylvie shipping or if you're against it, or if you're just like, Nah, nah, I want Loki and Thor to be a thing. <laughs> like, uh, tell uh, us your thoughts. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, let us know what ships you're shipping. Unless it's Thor and Loki, keep that to yourself. Um, <laughs> or Brutasha, also keep that to yourself. Um, but, you know, everything else, I guess, is up for debate. Yeah, basically, we, we won't uh, discard it until we actually hear what it is. It, it just, yes. Yeah. Or I guess maybe I should say, you know, Thor Key and Brutasha Shippers, make your case. Persuade us. Let's see how good you are at this. Oh, challenge accepted. I can just, I, I just feel that ripple in the air of, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cool. But yeah, uh, thank you all for listening and be sure to join us again on Nerd girls. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.